Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hello, and welcome to episode 140. This is part one of our Handworks five, or some might say six, questions episodes. We want to really thank Jeremy Wright for going to Handworks and catching all these wonderful recordings for us. So here I present Handworks 2017. Hope you enjoy. Uh, I'm uh, here at Handworks, and uh, still, and this time I'm talking with... Animal Trades, Annie Briggs. All right, Annie. Probably a lot of people know you um, that are listening to this podcast, but maybe you haven't uh, heard you. I don't think you've been on this podcast yet before. Okay, so we're going to ask you a few questions, and i got to get those questions out. The official questions, and then I'll get a few extras here. Let me get that. So the first five questions, and you didn't get a pre, pre-evaluation like well, everybody else okay. here. <laughs> so I hope you get into this. So uh, the first question is, how did, you, how did you get into woodworking? I got into woodworking because my grandfather was a woodworker, and I loved um, working with him in his shop when I was a kid. Um, I moved from Taiwan back to Seattle five years ago, and I had a lot of free time on my hands. And I was like, hey, I should probably pick up a hobby. Started doing woodworking. My brother-in-law was a woodworker, a hand tool woodworker, and he got me just absolutely obsessed with it by giving me a copy of the anarchist tool chest. And then we built a workbench together and it's all downhill from there. Yeah. Downhill. I know that it's a very slippery slope. So how long were you in Taiwan? Um, I actually spent most of my young adult life living in Asia. I went to Beijing university, um, you know, during university. And then, uh, after I graduated, I ended up going to seminary in Taiwan afterwards. So So quite a while. Okay. So the, the uh, second official question here is, uh, what's your favorite tool? Um, there are many, usually my favorite tool is the one that I'm using, but, um, the number 62, uh, low angle jack plane is absolutely my favorite tool. It, um, really revolutionized wood, like hand tool and hand plane woodworking for me because it takes so many of the variables out of woodworking, uh, or I mean, out of like hand plane use, I guess. Um, you know, there's no frog. Um, the blade is bedded directly down to the plane so you can experiment with, uh, you know, cutting angle and all those kinds of things. Plus it's really user friendly. Um, and it's a jack of all trades for a reason. And it's a Lee Nielsen. So it's like, it's pretty great. Yeah. I mean, and it's gorgeous. (laughs) So. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how about, uh, how about the next question? Uh, who has influenced you the most? Um, again, I'd have to say my grandfather has definitely been, been the biggest influencer as like my current trajectory of life is concerned. Um, he, got me really interested in gardening and sustainable living. And I mean, he threw away one bag of trash a year. Um, and so there's definitely something to aspire to there, but since then, definitely my mom, his daughter, ironically, um, yeah, very, very much taught me how to love people well and to leave a legacy that is worth remembering. That's a really good answer. Um, so now the, the next question along our, our path here is what was your biggest stumbling block and could it have been avoided? Um, yeah, my biggest stumbling block as far as woodworking goes is definitely um, my hoarding tendencies, um, like really There's feeling. The <laughs> well, the bunnies, I mean, that also has to do with hoarding, doesn't it? <laughs> <I guess>. um, <laughs> but uh, no, um, you know, the, the, the mindset that you have to have every tool to be able to ta- tackle a certain task um, is absolutely bogus. Um, you, sh- you can start woodworking with three tools and you should actually 
start woodworking with those three tools, master those tools, and then you'll know what tool you need to buy next, um, as opposed to just waiting till you have the full kit and then you'll see, or, you know, collecting all the blog articles and all the videos. Um, the biggest stumbling block is thinking that there's too much available or not enough available for you to start because right. there's plenty. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, and the final question here on the official five is, uh, how has the internet influenced your work? Well, um, to be honest, I'm, <laughs> The internet is the sole reason that I am standing here today. Um, I accidentally started an Instagram account four years ago um, as I was starting with my woodworking hobby at the time. And um, I met some people that ended up bringing me to Woodworking in America a few years ago. And just like opportunity after opportunity just presented themselves um, at various woodworking shows and making various contacts, contacts there. And so the internet, if it wasn't there especially Instagram, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> we all wouldn't. And it's like, there's not a whole lot. Yeah. I don't know how we'd all be here without that. Uh, okay. So that's the end of the five official questions. The question I've been adding on, uh, because I have to do my own thing here is, uh, what's your jam? And this is a two part question. So, uh, when you're in the shop or work, working on your farm, uh, what's the music that's playing? Uh, and then also like, what is it that is like when you're in that moment, uh, in your workshop, whether it's, you know, or your farm, whatever you got going on, what's the, what's that, that, this is Annie's thing. Um, well, as far as like music yeah, goes, sure. okay. Well, I pretty much listen to Nickel Creek constantly in every aspect of life. I mean, I love all music, all genres. Um, sometimes maybe not like the gangster rap or the super hardcore metal, but I mean, there's even still artists within those genres that I like. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, I try to either play Christmas music or the final countdown every time I'm applying finish and doing the like last step on any project just to make it super, super epic. Um, and probably my my jam as far as me goes that most people don't know and most people will mock me about as soon as they know is that I am a huge, huge Twilight fan. <laughs> All right. I think we'd know that. It seems like there's been some, some yeah, things posted there. there. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, again, uh, just uh, one last little thing to wrap up. Can you tell us, tell everybody where to, to follow you and where to, where to, where to see what, you know, whatever you're doing? Sure. You can find my blog at annavaltrades.com. That's Anne with an E, like Anne of Green Gables. Um, and then uh, also you can follow me on Instagram, Anne of All Trades. And it's like Jack of All Trades, but an Anne. <laughs> that makes sense. All right. Thanks, Anne. Thanks. All right, I am back in the blacksmith shop, and it's still a little bit noisy in here, but uh, hopefully we can make this out. And now I am with... Chris Keen from Sterling Toolworks. All right, Chris. Um, you know the, the format here. we got five questions to start out with, and then we'll just see what happens. But uh, can you tell me how you got into woodworking and, and or the toolworking uh, side of the business that you're in now? So uh, I got into woodworking uh, from my dad and uh, was always working around the house and uh, first thing that I made was a birdhouse, probably when I was about seven years old. So always enjoyed woodworking from then and uh, took it more seriously uh, in my uh, late 20s and 30s and fell in love with tools. And I was coming to all these shows like this and uh, I decided I really liked tools. And then Chris Schwartz dared me to make the saddle tail and uh, I took him up on it. And he said I, there were six other people that he dared to do it and uh, when I showed him the prototype, he's like, you did it. And that's what launched uh, Sterling Toolworks. So I just had more ideas from there and uh, more tools. So love of woodworking and love the tools. That's how I started. 
So uh, next question is, uh, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a two-parter since you're a tool maker. Uh, what's your favorite tool, both uh, to use while making the tools uh, or whatever, and uh, uh, what is uh, the favorite tool that you make? So I've got a soft spot for my plane hammer. Uh, my plane hammer was completely uh, my uh, design, and uh, just got an inspiration watching a, a fellow plane maker. Uh, with a very clunky hammer and making beautiful, beautiful vintage-looking uh, molding planes. And I said, there's got to be something more beautiful but highly functional. So that's the one that uh, has a special place in my heart. The, uh, the other things have been inspired by other makers that have made things in the past, but the plane hammer is pretty original. And then uh, my, I have two or three favorite tools to make tools, and that is my hard-inch lathe, my uh, 8520 mil, and I have a variable speed 2x72 uh, sanding grinder that I do all the, the finishing work with. I spend the most time at that, and that, that was a huge time saver for me. So those are my, I can't pick one out of those three because if I don't have one of them, I can't do anything. <laughs> yeah, I imagine those sound like they'd be great to have. I definitely don't have the metalworking skills or need right now, but man, I'd have a, a big, a nice metal lathe and, metal, and a, and a uh, uh, yeah, it'd be awesome. Um, the next uh, question we have in this list is uh, who has influenced you the most? I would have to say Thomas Lee Nielsen. He was the pioneer, and uh, I went to the uh, 30th anniversary up there, um, and hearing him how he started in his garage I was like I could start in the garage so by far he's the most influential about me becoming a toolmaker. next question is what was your biggest stumbling block and could it have been avoided my biggest stumbling block is um, the point that I'm at right now okay. I'm pretty much all my free time is filling orders I'm trying to get back to more time with my family so finding the time to be able to you know, come up with new ideas, put those into motion, keeping customers satisfied. I'm at that inflection point where it's not big enough that I can support my family, but yet I can't grow it without, you know, the space in between. So I don't know how you avoid it now um, besides, you know, if my wife, you know, would get a bigger job and support me for a while. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, And the last question that's on script here is, how has the internet influenced your work? Oh, the um, I still get most of my uh, my influence and, and ideas either at uh, classes where I where I you know will take a woodworking class. That's when ideas will come to me. Uh, shows like this where I can talk to woodworkers and they're like, Is, "What's coming up new?" Then I'll immediately ask them, "What do you want to see?" Uh, talking with my fellow toolmakers at night after. We're enjoying some adult beverages, you know, that those things come to you. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's, the, that's the fun part. Um, I forgot the rest of the question. Oh, it okay. just had, had the influence, internet influence you. The, so well, the, yeah, I, I wouldn't have met a lot of these people. I mean, we stay in touch through the internet. And Instagram has been, a, you know, I'm a very visual guy. So without Instagram, that is very inspiring. I follow a lot of other makers in different mediums, and, and that's very, very inspirational. Yeah, that, that Instagram's probably been the biggest answer all the way around the right tonight. Um, uh, one more question I've been asking everyone that's uh, not on the script, but... Um, What's your jam? And this is a two-part question. So when you're in the shop, 
you know, what are the music or sounds that you're listening to? That's the part. But also, what's the, when you're in the moment and you're just thinking like, this, whether it's process, whether it's design, whatever it is, the style that you're into, like, what is it where it's like, this is, this is, this is Sterling Two Works. So the music for each? Well, music the, in general. The, like what's, what's going on in your shop? So, uh, usually, usually I'm streaming Pandora, and uh, I was a, I was a metal guy back in uh, high school, so right now I think it's like Flyleaf is one of my channels, and when I want to groove a little bit, then it's OAR or uh, Dave Matthews. Um, but when you just have to pound out some work, it's got to be metal. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, and then, uh, so what's the, what would you say is like kind of like your defining uh, process or your defining style, whatever, you know, what's, what's, what is it that keeps you coming back to, you know, making tools, making woodworking, whatever? My, my muse is when, um, when I get feedback, whether it be email, phone, or a ton of people that came up to me during the show. Uh, a lot of people buy buy stuff from me, but the ones that have bought from me, and they're like, thank you for coming. Thank you for making these tools. I use it all the time. It's made my life better. Or, or, you know, or I had a few people, I signed postcards for every order that goes out, and they're like, that's a nice personal touch. It meant a lot to me. And, and when you get feedback from people like that, that's, that's the energy that keeps me going and gives me my muse. All right. All right. Well, thank you for uh, answering some questions, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your show. Thank you very much. Enjoyed talking with you, Jeremy. Thank you. And this time I'm talking with Colin Bullock. All right, Colin. All right. Looks like we're ready to go here. And I'm going to just uh, ask you a few questions. Um, uh, the Normal Five from the Modern Woodworkers Association. How did you get into woodworking? I'd always, you know, sort of grown up fixing things and not throwing them away. And uh, sometime back, I uh, decided to build a bar out of reclaimed lumber. And one thing led to another and just got sucked down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> I need to make something, and then like it turns into this other thing. Yeah, where you ne- now I just sometimes you don't make, make stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So, what's your favorite tool? Um, I have to say, I make very little curved stuff, but my uh, uh, Caleb James spokeshave is one of my favorite tools to play with. Okay. It just uh, there's something about the feel of it. I, it's a very nice thing, and he's just actually right around the corner over there. So it's uh, it, he's got plenty of them to to fuel that addiction. <laughs> and did you see his marking? He's got a pretty neat little marking gauge kit. I don't know if you saw that. Or not, I did not. It's kind of neat. No, it's one of the, just, yeah. oh, the, the it's yeah. the 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 cam lock kind yeah, of thing. But he's yeah. got he's done kind of the hard work for you. So anyway, uh, the next question is uh, who has influenced you the most? I think it'd be hard to name a single person, but I think uh, Instagram. In general, the community Instagram has the Instagram. Yeah, the 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 collective person has been a, a really inspiring uh, community. It's great to see uh, uh, the activity and interest from so many people there. Okay, okay, that's great. That's an interesting answer. We haven't heard heard yet. Uh, what was what was your big? I'm oh, sorry. What has been a big stumbling block for you, and could you have avoided it? Um, I think for me, it's the, you know, getting out and really talking to people, uh, you know, the, um, uh, marketing is too limited, but selling myself and really, um, being an extrovert certainly takes some effort for me and it, you know, it's just a matter of practice, but you gotta, gotta put in the hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, just like, you know, sharpening or anything like that. You gotta, you gotta make it happen. Um, okay. Uh, so how has the internet influenced your work? I would say again, you know, the, seeing 
what used to be, you know, everyone went to their own shop and did their own thing uh, in the way Instagram and, and having that community has changed that and the, the willingness to share and, and the involvement in what everyone else is doing is just really, really inspiring. All right. Yeah. And I will say you are definitely uh, uh, engaged into the community. I know I, I, I get a lot of comments from you uh, on my own page and it's, it's just nice. I think that that's that's where that community is not just either either lurking or just or just posting and never never responding. Uh, and that's something I, I've, I've definitely noticed from you is a, is a high level of of two way street uh, communication there on Instagram. So that's really, really something interesting. Uh, one other question I've been asking everybody is uh, and this is kind of a weird two part question, but it's uh, what's your jam? So like when you're in the shop, you're either are, is there some music that you listen to? Uh, and then secondarily, uh, what is like a, either a style of furniture or a process, or there's some kind of like, uh, where you're in the moment and you're like, this is, this is my thing. And I, and I, I'm just loving every minute of this, uh, or that style or whatever. It's a great question. Uh, music wise, I'm all over the map. Uh, it's, it's flavor of the day. Okay. Um, so I have to blame Kieran Binney for getting <laughs> caught into, uh, Sarah Shook and the Disarmers recently. Okay. Uh, love the album. I talked to Kieran just a little while. Yeah, yeah. I think I've gotten more good album recommendations from him than anyone else this year. Um, but it could be anything from uh, David Bowie to uh, um, Danger Doom to who knows. Uh, it's I, I I try and keep it varied, and um, I I think it's uh, goes a little bit with whatever I've got to do for the day, and whether it's a you know a slow quiet day or a really got to knock things out kind of day. Um, as for getting stuck into the process, uh, I find that uh, that moment where the the pieces of wood turn into something more, the you know an actual item, a piece of furniture or or a, you know, a, a cabinet where all of a sudden it's not a collection of parts, it is a piece. It's just a. It's so easy to get lost in that that moment of, of finally getting things together and really. The, the fine details and everything that you've you've worried and sweated over all of a sudden just sort of fading away and, and having an, a piece of furniture. Yeah, that's great. That's great. It's an answer I haven't heard and uh, certainly an interesting perspective. Uh, all right. So um, uh, I guess one, one, like one more question, then I'll let you uh, kind of plug yourself. Uh, what's the, uh, uh, what have you, kind of enjoyed about handworks or what, what have, is this your first handworks and, and you know just that, you know what, what what do you think of the event this is my second one um we were here in uh, 2015 as well and it's uh i think it's great to see it growing like this there, there's such a good attendance this year um and it uh, it's crazy cold it's really cold <laughs> i'm i'm not sure if i like the cold this year over the 110 degrees that last time was but uh but it's great to see so many people out here and so many more exhibitors um, and everyone just really wanting to take part. And it's um, my favorite part of it has really been uh, the walking around, talking to people, uh, getting to meet all these people that I only know from Instagram or I only know because I own their tools and, and actually being able to shake hands and talk to people is really, really feel like I want to go back to the shop and, and, and inspired and, and re-energized to, to really do some good work. Okay. All right. So then the last bit is uh, where can people find out more about you uh, or follow you? Uh, and, you know, you mentioned Instagram quite a bit. Yeah. So um, my website is bullockwoodwork.com, um, which is still needs some work, but it's there. Um, and on Instagram, I'm C-M-M-M-B. Three M's? Three M's in there. Yeah. <laughs> Just kept adding middle initials until it worked. Hey, that's the same. <laughs> <laughs> <All> yeah. <right. laughs> 
All right. Well, uh, thank you, and uh, I hope let you get back to the show. Now I'm actually standing in the uh, coffee shop slash pizzeria here in uh, Mana, uh, talking to a few more woodworkers, uh, and uh, I'll let them introduce themselves, and then we'll ask a few some few of the questions. Fair woodworking. <laughs> no names. <laughs> I'm Nick Poole. All right, Nick Poole. All right. So the first question we're going to ask uh, we're going to ask fair woodworking uh, is uh, how did you get into woodworking? Um, a buddy of mine took me out to a, a woodworking show said uh hey let's uh i want to show you this thing called uh cutting dovetails and we went and watched this guy cut dovetails um he's like yeah it's gonna be really cool he's gonna do it all all by hand and i was like that's great what's a dovetail so we went and saw that and i, I was hooked after that i uh i sort of had this going on in college a little bit and my my tech ed teacher in college in high school actually he uh he sort of pushed me you know asking what i was going to do with myself and i ended up going to uh cabinet making school um so i finished that and here i am all right so now the second question is what's your favorite tool fair woodworking uh right now it's a a 10 inch vesper square (laughs) (laughs) you picked up yesterday (laughs) yeah that was yesterday is my is my wife listening to this (laughs) She doesn't know who you are, does she? She doesn't know who I am. $6. Yeah, yeah $6. $6. Okay, how about you, Nick? Um, my favorite tool for a while has been uh, either one of my bad axe saws from Mark. Um, Which one do you got? A 16-inch rip and a 14-inch crosscut sash saw. Uh, I've got one with a black oxide back and a walnut handle on the bigger saw, and then the smaller saw is stainless and mesquite. Okay, so now the third question is, who has influenced you the most? Um, actually, I'm going to say the, the, the guy that took me out, his name is Steve, and uh, got me to come out and, and check it out, because I never would have gotten into hand tools ever if, if it hadn't been him. So. so the clue to figuring out who you are is a guy named Steve. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, how about you, Nick? I would say, again, right from the beginning, it was Craig Thornton, who was my uh, high school shop teacher. And uh, without him, I wouldn't have been here. So I guess he gets the credit for that. All right. right. Very good. Uh, The next uh, question is, what's uh, been your biggest stumbling block or a big stumbling block that you've encountered in your work? And how could, and do you think, how could it it have been avoided? Um bad information on woodworking blogs that that's what sent me down some really bad paths i had to figure out and just learn you can't listen to everyone just listen to most people yeah my biggest stumbling block because i started so young i think i was like 18 or 19 when i got into this was having a shop like i you know i live with my parents and we had a little shop but then i moved into an apartment and had nowhere to work and no money for tools and finally it's just started to come back around where i've got my shop set up now and things are getting better all right, that's good. And now we're going to ask the last official question here. Uh, how has the Internet influenced your work? It's uh, really where I learned everything, pretty much that in books. So, um, And, you know, now I, I have a woodworking blog, and that's how I've gotten to know a lot of people that I'm talking to right now. So it's cool. Uh, with me, it sort of screwed things up for a while, honestly. Like, I went to, like, official cabinet-making school and learned from a person in, you know, in class, which was great, and then... I got online, and there was, there's great advice online, and then there's some really poor advice online. 
and that just confused everything for a couple of years and I sifted through all of the all of the crap and now I'm back on track with who you can trust and who's who's out there to help and not just sell you stuff and that makes a difference so that's the end of the official five questions but I've been asking another question to everybody today um, just to add my own flair here to this uh, podcast and that's uh, what's your jam so like what's the music that's playing or podcast that you're listening to as well as like what's the thing that when you're in the moment working on something whether it's a style of furniture or a type of uh, a, a type of whatever woodworking that is like when you're in that moment you're like this is this is what it's all about um, my favorite music right now is by Buckethead uh, it's all guitar music and kind of weird. Um, really, uh, mostly I'm into just learning new skills. I really could care less about actually building furniture. It's all about learning new skills. Um, what was the other, qu- other part? Uh, what, what's the thing when you're, when you're in the moment? Like, what is it? Oh. This, whether the skill that you're enjoying or you know, what's Fairwood Working's jam? Like, what defines Fairwood Working? Um, well, I've gotten a lot of dovetails lately um and uh i also just what's your best time let's get it let's let's get to that let's cut to the chase 210 okay <laughs> all right 210 un, 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 uh, verified 210 yeah <laughs> yeah there was no guinness uh no guinness representative yeah. there it's not unfilmed <laughs> i was just screwing around and went oh wow that's uh, that's a pretty good time that's great. That's great. So, uh, all right. I also know you have sort of a, a love affair with butt hinges. I don't know. There's, yeah. there's... <laughs> he, there he... it is right there. Oh wow! There we go. Oh, he's got quite the uh, the this, number. It's it's moving now. It's moving some more, and it's pivoting, and then it's moving, and there it is. That's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. All right, I'm gonna have to check made that out radio. when I stop. Yeah, made for stimulating, <laughs> stimulating radio. All right, Nick, how about you? What's the music that's in your shop, as well as what's the what's the style or jam that is defines Nick? Um, any heavier rock, sort of intense kind of stuff. Um, I like it most when when things are cruising, like productivity for sure. Um, when I get in in a groove and just shit just starts to happen. Uh, can, can I say shit? Okay. When when st- when stuff just starts to happen, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, you just feel like you're ripping through something. Uh, that's a good feeling for me. I like that. All right. So one last question is like, uh, where can we find everybody? Uh, just you know, just just give us a quick hint. Where you know, where, you, where are you at on social media and whatnot? Easiest place to find me is at food at Foodwood. <laughs> yeah, go there at Fairwood Working uh, on Instagram, and you can find everything else from there. Um, it's at Pool Woodworks on Instagram, and that's that's where I sort of my home is. All right, all right, thanks, guys. All right, I'm once again in the uh, Festale barn here, and I am talking to Jason Weaver. Okay, Jason, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, you know, what's your projects? What do you what do you what do you do? Um, graphic designer by trade, and uh, hand tool woodworker. That uh, doesn't get to do as much as I'd like to. That's, a, that's everybody, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So what have you been doing uh, here at the show? I'm working with Jeff Hamilton, uh, Hamilton Toolworks, uh, helping him out in his booth. Okay. All right. So we'll start with the, the five questions here. Um, how did you get started into woodworking? I started out as a kid watching uh, this old house and New Yankee Workshop and watching Norm with my dad. And uh, that kind of stuck with me. And in my early 20s, I went to get started. And I was trying to educate myself online about equipment and when I was doing a search for a miter saw landed onto a blog post of Chris Shores and 
found out about hand tool woodworking and kind of dove in there and found a guild in Kansas City and okay. that was that was okay. history. All right. So now, uh, what's your favorite tool to work with? Oh man, or a favorite? Yeah, I, my smoothing plane probably. You know, I know the that the, 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 the whiskey shaving. Yeah, <laughs> just a. Just to go to the progress through the planes, and you, know, you start to see the grain pop, and then as you get the smoother out, and all those figures and things you didn't see before, it's like every as you as you pro- go through the planes, you get to see that figure come out, and it's just you know, and then then the first cut of, of uh, finish, mm-hmm. you know, makes it pop. Okay. Uh, the third question here: Who has influenced you the most in your woodworking? Hmm. I guess I'd have to say uh, my friend Rob. He was the one who I had moved to Topeka, left Kansas City when I got married, and he lives in Lawrence, and he, is, he was the one who brought hand tools into the guild, and at that, that was about the time he invited me, and he was the first person to actually get those tools in my hand and show me how to do things. So. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. Okay, um, now the fourth question is, what was your biggest stumbling block, or what is a big stumbling block that, uh, that you could have maybe been avoided? I'd say my biggest one early on was getting stuck in the reading about and talking about and not doing and then uh nowadays it's just trying to find the time and you know you got you got to find the time for the important things and i just yeah need a lot more time for bigger projects okay and uh one last uh, question on the five is uh how has the internet influenced your work oh incredibly um I mean, I, I learned a lot starting out on the forums, but then especially these days with Instagram, it's such a huge community of people, whether it's tool makers or woodworkers, and no matter how odd of, a, of, a, of an issue you have, there's going to be somebody out there within 15 minutes who's already dealt with it and freely giving you the advice. I mean, it's just an amazing group, and I mean, that's where we know each other from, so... All right. Uh, so another question I've been asking everyone is, uh, it's kind of a two-part question. It's, what's your jam? So when you're working in the workshop, are you listening to music or podcasts or something? Uh, is that, that, so that's the first part. And then the second part is, like, what's the style or the, uh, the activity, the process that is like, when you're doing it, you feel like, this is, this is where it's at. This is me. This, you know, I found home. Um, I, I pretty much listen to music with whatever I'm doing. But that's the nice thing about hand tools. You can actually hear it. Um, what I listen to is all over the place, but uh, a lot of like New Orleans funk and jazz and things like that that don't have the lyrics to distract you, but you know, kind of keep you in the momentum. And okay. right. and then the, the is the second question about the music side of it no, or about the style of when of, you're working, whatever. Whether it's a style of furniture that you just like, that's me. That's... Oh, I don't know if I can pinpoint one thing. I mean, I love uh, shaker style. And arts and crafts, and now I'm really, I really love Danish modern, but that's harder to get into because I don't do power tools. I don't have the room for them. But uh, if I had to pick one, I would probably say it's, I don't know what you'd call it, if you call it modern shaker. Some of the some of the things that are very shaker based, but they have the kind of Asian influences to them, just here and there, a little taper to the legs, a little widening stance, things like that. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. So. Yeah, that's good. Um, so uh, one last question, I guess, is kind of uh, where can we find out more about you uh, and, uh, you know, how can we follow you? Um, well, they won't know listening, but I'm 6'6", six, six and uh, <laughs> I've been an ogre all my life. So Ogre Praxy is my handle. So I'm at Ogre Praxy on Instagram. Facebook is dot com slash Ogre Praxy. Okay. And I'm on Twitter, but I don't use it. So. Okay. All yeah. right. 
All right. Well, thanks, Jason, and uh, enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you. All right. Hi, this is Jeremy Wright. I'm here at Handworks 2017 with, uh, uh, who, who am I talking to? Uh, this is Jim McConnell. Okay. All right, Jim. Uh, so far, how, how are you enjoying the, the event? I'm enjoying it. It's a little bit cold, a little bit rainy, but uh, it just keeps people inside and a lot of fun fun in there. All right. Uh, what do you think has been the highlight so far for the, for the event? Uh, you know what? I've got to be honest. I, I know that the big stage is in the Festail Barn, but I've really enjoyed the, the blacksmith shops and the millwright shops and just being able to be down there and, and spend time talking to people about what they do and what they're passionate about. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Jim, just in case uh, uh, a lot of the people that aren't listening may not be familiar with you, could you give us a, a brief rundown of kind of what you're, what you're about and like uh, where, where, where's your contact, what's your, uh, what's your website and whatnot? I'm completely unimportant. Uh, I, I really just sort of stumbled into uh, some contacts through through uh, hand tool woodworking um, a good friend Kieran Binney with over the wireless.com and uh, some accidental contact with Chris Schwartz <laughs> and, and that got me into to doing some things I, ha- I keep a blog the dailyskep.com um, and I do some reviews for popular woodworking magazine of tools and uh, working on um, uh, mortise and tenon is really the, the big work that I do I do editing with mortise and tenon where working on issue three right now so that's uh sort of the scope of it all right let's see so i'm gonna ask you the five questions that uh, everybody on the modern woodworking podcast gets asked uh so the first one i'm gonna ask is how did you get into woodworking i just i come from a family that makes things <laughs> my mom you know sews quilts my my grandfather was just sort of eminently capable of doing whatever and uh so that's you know i've always made things and uh, i got into woodworking because it, it just, I like the capacity to turn raw material into something useful. And I got into hand tool woodworking because, uh, well, I burned out the motor on my my table saw. <laughs> and it was just about that time that I started getting into, uh, you know, doing some luthery and some other uh, handwork. And, and I really, I bought a number five jack plane in an antique store and cleaned it up and I was hooked. So... Okay, excellent. Excellent. Uh, so the next question in the five questions is, what's your favorite tool? And of course, uh, this changes all the time. So, uh, but you know, what's maybe the one you go back to, or you know, just in general, your favorite tool right now? Yeah, that changes daily. I think uh, I might say my favorite tool is my uh, smoothing plane. It's a four and a half Lee Nielsen, and uh, it was sort of a luxury when I bought it. And uh, but it, it really showed me what a, a finely tuned quality tool could do. And uh, so I'll give that credit for, for some things. <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, so who has influenced you the most? Who has influenced me the most? I would say, uh, honestly, Chris Schwartz. Uh, it just his, his um, encouragement and his work and just the connections I feel to his work, I think that's, that's probably been a very direct influence. All right. He certainly influenced a lot of people. Um, <laughs> uh, the next question is, what was your stum- biggest stumbling block and could it have been avoided? My biggest stumbling block and could it have been avoided? I think I, I struggle with the same thing a lot of people do when they're getting into hand tool woodworking, and that is that you feel like you have to have all the tools and you have to have a lot of tools. And um, and that's sort of the antithesis of what we do. And uh, And so... One of the biggest stumbling blocks is that I started sort of amassing um, tools at antique stores and, and stuff that some of them were okay, but some of them were completely irrelevant. And uh, and so 
you know, it's the, the advice that everybody gives, but really just stick to a few quality things and um, buy the tool when you need the tool. You know, don't, don't, uh, don't create a problem. <laughs> don't create a problem for yourself. Wait till the problem creates itself and then use the tool because that's what tools are. They're ways to solve problems not status symbols <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so then the last question in the official five questions is how has the internet influenced your work i don't think i would do what i do without the internet i mean just the the idea that you can connect to people across the globe and have conversations with people i the biggest thing i think about the hand tool woodworking community is that it is a it's a, a shared conversation between a lot of people and that's what a community is you know it's a it's a story that we all tell and we all tell our parts of it and and the internet lets us do that expediently <laughs> you know it, it it takes you down a lot of rabbit holes but it really lets you communicate and tell your part of the story uh, to a wider audience so I, I think that's the importance of it Okay, that's great. So those are the official five questions. There's one question I always think uh, I think about whenever I hear a lot of people talking in the, in the about their wood shops and whatever. Uh, and I want to kind of expand that into the modern woodworking as uh, uh, associations as a, as an extra sixth question. So and it's actually kind of a two part question. It's uh, what's your jam? Uh, whether it's whether it's the music that you're listening to in the in the workshop or podcast, whatever, uh, or like what's your what's the 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 niche in woodworking that is just like when you get that, that's when you're really jamming. Oh man, I it's not music. I have a completely quiet shop and that's weird for me because I'm a a music lover, been in bands my whole life, but really when it's in in the workshop it is completely quiet. My jam is that I have three young daughters and they're constantly sort of around my feet in the workshop. Part of the reason I use hand tools, but my jam is when one of them comes to me and says, Papa, can you show me how to do this? Or like, Papa, can I use that tool? Or, you know, if it's something appropriate to them. That is my jam. Uh, my oldest is five and then four and then two. So the two-year-old is just kind of, you know, running circles in the background. But the four and the five-year-old, they're, you know, they're starting to... Good influential time. Well, it's, you know, whatever they want to do in life is cool. But if I can just give them the capacity to think they can make something and... That's, that's more powerful than any you know, ability you can get. Right, like whether or not they make anything. Make yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, well thanks, Jim. Again, uh, can you uh, just real quick wrap up where you where we can get in touch with you or where we can follow you, what platforms you're, you're on? Yeah, I'm on Instagram as James, son of James. There's underscores between those. so it's <laughs> And uh, and I'm also on uh, the my website is thedailyskep.com. And um, you can find me on popular woodworking every once in a while reviewing tools so all right great thanks thank you so talking about uh, how you got associated with mortise and tendon yeah, we're back with jim mcdonald this is you know that's probably one of the most important things for me and and it's just uh, it was uh, completely accidental um Joshua Klein is working on this book. We've finished this book now on uh, Jonathan Fisher, who's a congregationalist minister who uh, also did woodworking. And, um, well, he did all sorts of things, but, you know, those are two things. And uh, as a, a someone who's a pastor myself and into woodworking, that kind of piqued my interest. And I stumbled across his blog, and then I, I started talking to him. And then one day when he was in the midst of issue one, um, I just said, hey, listen, I used to be a editor of a college newspaper i have some experience in this if you need any help let me know and you know a couple months later all of a sudden i get this email from him and says, were you serious and if you were then i do need some help and let's do it and so uh, that really just 
you know, we all kind of got thrown into it in the middle of it, and um, and it's just been a fantastic project. So it's yeah, it's very meaningful work. To see from outside that both the the interest I, I don't think anybody was really foreseeing the level of interest that no that, what? That, yeah that, I know that is in that and it, also the quality of the magazine and the when, first issue annual, I'm it, not really sure what to call that it's, but. A, it's an annual yeah I don't know it's 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 almost like a you know like a museum journal that's the quality of it and that's what's important to us kind of you know we found that it's the content that matters and that's you know we're committed to that and people are committed to that by supporting it and that's great um, but yeah it's uh it's it's been a, lo- a labor of love so okay. a lot of good stuff all right good good story all right talk to you later thank you time i'm with uh kieran biddy of over the wireless all right and if you can tell uh kieran is not from around here where are you from <laughs> uh, i'm from birmingham england so not whales, as is commonly uh, commonly inferred. I, I think that's um, uh, a misunderstanding perpetuated by Lost Up Press. <laughs> all right, all right, you heard it here, here. So we get a little geography lesson here. Um, so I'm going to ask uh, Kieran the fir- the five questions here from the the Modern Woodworkers Association questions. And the first one is, how did you get into woodworking? Um, that's a very good question. It, it was a slightly convoluted path. Uh, I've never I've never done any woodworking. Um, until 10 years ago uh but i spent my childhood and youth playing violin and guitar and after a while i started wondering um i i understood how a musician could um play a musical instrument and get it to sound nice what i was uh getting increasingly interested in was actually the mechanics of how the musical instrument itself operated uh so at, at the end of law school i had it a year out and um enrolled at the Tottenham School of Guitar Making, which is one of the premier Lutheran schools in uh, the UK, and, and spent a very intensive three months there designing and building uh, a 12-string acoustic guitar, uh, which then sparked a passion for, obviously, more guitar building, but also then furniture building. Okay. All right. So then, along those lines, what's the, the second question is, what's your favorite tool? Oh, dear. Uh, there are so many. Um, <laughs> Not just the ones that you have in your bag right now. <laughs> <laughs> um... That's that's actually a very difficult question. I I'd, I'd probably I'd, I'd have to say my uh, Badax 14 uh, inch um, bayonet carcass saw. Okay. Um, it's filed hybrid, uh, which makes it uh, very very accomplished for for both crosscut and rip uh, operations. Uh, and despite the fact that I've got a, a somewhat bulging saw till at the moment, <laughs> if I if I started again, I think that that would be the first saw I'd buy. That and a decent-sized tenon saw is enough for um, a, a very compact but um, effective uh, nest of saws for for an awful lot of furniture uh, making operations. So how do you actually. have that one spec'd out? What's it? Uh, so right? so uh, that that's uh, got a copper back and a walnut handle, so Ooh. it's What's it's the, very pretty. Are they copper? Or are they? Uh, no, they're the uh, nicer blued. Oh uh, yeah, nice. Uh, All right. All right. That sounds pretty, pretty awesome. Saw. Okay, uh, let's see the next question, if I can. Uh... Okay, so who has influenced you the most? Right. Um, I think I probably have two significant influences. The, the first was uh, Phil Messer of the Tottenham uh, School of Guitar Making. Um, he's, he was my Lutheran instructor, and his, his passion for woodwork and also emphasis on, on hand tool 
work and very limited um, machine operations has kind of infused everything I've done over the past 10 years. Um, there are still moments when I'm standing at my bench and I'll step away and think, what, what, what actually would Phil say right now? And that's, that's my guiding that's my north star really uh the, the other influence obviously has to be chris schwartz um without him i wouldn't be building furniture i'd be focused purely on luthery um the anarchist tool chest introduced me to to the ideas of furniture building but also um helped reframe how i thought about my tools and and what was necessary what wasn't necessary and actually the importance of of tools uh, my tools. I think he's been responsible for selling a lot of tools and a lot of selling or <laughs> buying buying tools and selling because <laughs> the anarchist tool chest encouraging us to kind of simplify in some ways. Uh, okay, how about the the next one? Is what's been your uh, biggest stumbling block along the way, and could it have been avoided? You think? Dear Lord. Um. Right. Uh, that's just. I'm, I'm trying to think. I think actually. Um, I think the biggest stumbling block is. You read and you read and you read, especially if you've never cut a dovetail before, that there's 900 articles within easy reach on the internet on how to cut a dovetail saw. And you can actually be paralysed by that. And you don't actually do the most important bit, which is stepping up to to your bench and cutting your first dovetail. And who cares if it's crap? Because it's going to be terrible. My first dovetail uh, looked like... um, uh, a beaver with a meth habit it was it, it defied the laws of physics in that it, there was daylight around each and every part of the joint yet it still wouldn't go together uh, i'm not sure how that works but but actually you know that that's that's the answer the stumbling block is you know thinking that you can just read your way out of a problem and and the and how it can be avoided is actually by getting into the workshop and doing stuff and not being afraid of failure um i know people who who very rarely progress projects because as soon as they hit a mistake, they'll just obsess over it and the project either goes on the firewood pile or they will just continually try and finesse that mistake out of the work instead of forging on. And yes, you, 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 it's important to build to a good standard, but we, we have to be reasonably pragmatic about this, otherwise we'll never get anything done. Uh, and so I think, I think actually not being afraid of failure and rolling your sleeves up, accepting things will go wrong. But that's how you learn. All right. That's a really good answer. Uh, so how about this? the last one here in the official list is uh, how has the internet influenced your work? Um, so uh, the short answer is massively. Um, the reason I'm at Handworks, it's, it's, it's partly to you know, see all the great tools and, and, uh, and, and see what's going on. But, but really it's about community. Uh, community has been such a an important and overriding part of my woodwork existence for the past three, four years now, um, in particular Instagram. I think it's just such a fantastic tool to um, make connections with other craftsmen and to share successes, share failures, encourage each other, problem solve. And I think it, the, the warmth and friendship that we've all experienced this weekend has been really profound and that's that's in large part because of because of instagram i mean there are other great platforms obviously as a blogger i'm i'm quite invested in in um in blogs and i and i think they're great for more long-form uh ways of uh sharing information 
Um, back and forth that it's very hard to absolutely and no one comments on blogs everyone reads blogs but no one comments right. uh, i i had six thousand readers last month and three or four comments that was yeah. it it was remarkable um but but actually on instagram it's i think it's because it's a lot more spontaneous right. and in, and you, instantaneous you back and forth yeah exactly because yeah, if you leave a comment then it might be you know somebody, nobody's going to see that comment unless they go back like, to that exactly comment. yeah so so i think i think definitely that that the interaction of of instagram has has been um, it's greatly enriched my experience um, in the in the workshop over the past couple of years. Okay. All right. So that's the end of the five questions officially. Uh, I've got one extra one that I've been adding to everybody's uh, handworks just because I, I guess it's what I'm what I'm getting at here. Uh, but uh, the the question I'm asking it's a two part question. It's what's your jam? Okay. So the the what's your jam is you know what what are you, what are you playing uh, music wise or podcast wise in your in your shop when you're working uh, as well as when when that that when you're in your workshop. And you're doing something and you're like, this, this is what it's all about. Is it whether it's a style of furniture, a type of a project or whatever, uh, you know, what's that? Okay. Um, so the, the first quest, the first part of the question, um, it's a constantly, uh, evolving and, and revolving playlist. Um, generally anything off the Bloodshot Records label out of Chicago, just because everything they produce is, Outstanding. So, um, Sarah Shook and the Disarmers okay, debut I'm album. Is, uh, I don't know about that. What, uh, what are they? Uh, so, so they're, um, a, they're, they're an insurgent country label. Um, okay. uh, they've been operating out of Chicago for the past 25, 30 years. The British guy to, to say country music. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's none of the rhinestone nonsense. Apologies to, to anyone who's listening and likes Garth Brooks. Um, but, but it's none of that bullshit. Um, it's, um, it's so, so the, the insurgent country music um, movement was kind of kicked off late 80s, early 90s, and it was people like Uncle Tupelo and Steve Earle, um, Whiskey Town, playing country music with a punk rock intensity. Um, so actually, you know, it, it was stripping away all the nasty showbiz glitz and, and returning it to a to quite a raw ex- expression of of you know kind of working class yeah. e- experience mm-hmm. um so as i say yeah the um the debut album by sarah shook and the disarmers is constantly played in my workshop at the moment often at slightly antisocial volumes <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but other classics would, would be uh, whiskey town nico case and her boyfriends um lydia loveless is just one of the finest american songwriters of of our age and so needs to be listened to um uh what's my jam in terms of um actually workshop activity um i don't know i increasingly i i like i like the really simple clean stuff um like shaker or like modern i i i'm not i guess not not even kind of describing styles or, or or eras but just really simple cleanly executed um i love campaign furniture um uh that's you know it's functional um and there's no unnecessary ornamentation but it's a really lovely style to look at you know it's very clean it's um quite bold uh, but also unassuming um so so that um some of the state furniture out of the anarchist design book uh, as well is just really really lovely and of course um uh, Welsh stick chairs are featuring quite quite large. Yeah, uh, Welsh Welsh stick chairs are looming quite large in my life at the moment with the um, uh, with the book uh, so that I'm writing. Tell us a little bit about that. What's uh, what's what's going on with the Welsh stick chairs? Uh, so yes, I, I'm uh, I'm writing a book for Lost Art Press on uh, a, 
provisionally titled The Life and Work of John Brown. Uh, John was uh, an influential, well, very important and, and influential to the people who knew him, but, but sadly not as well known as he should have been. Um, Welsh stick chair maker. Um, and so we're, we're uh, trying to recreate his legacy, really, bring him to the fore in a way that he really des- his work really deserves to be. So the book is looking at, at John, his life and his work. Uh, but then also we're, we'll be um, we'll be making Welsh stick chairs um, as as John popularised them. So uh, and they're a really interesting form. Um, they're a form that traditionally weren't they weren't made by woodworkers. They were made by people who needed something to sit on. So there's an awful lot of um, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Doing woodwork because you need stuff. Um, yeah. You know, so, so that they use a lot of found wood out the wood pile uh, and and. There's a lot of really interesting stuff going on in there. Um, it's a it's a staked form of chair, um, but there's also great varieties. There always is with with furniture forms that last for hundreds of years. So um, our focus with the book is to really democratise chair making um, because it can be quite intimidating. You know, people think, "Oh, I'd love to make a chair, but that looks really really technical." And do I need a shave horse? And do I need to be able to steam bend and the rest of it? Actually, the answer for Welsh stick chairs is you don't. You can do it with a pretty standard um, set of, of furniture making tools. You don't need to steam bend. You don't need to shave horse. Uh, and, and nor do you need esoteric timbers. Uh, you don't need um, 15 inch wide elm planks um, or, or anything like that. We're, we're hoping to, to show that you can make a really exciting looking chair out of, and something that's comfortable and will last generations using the timbers locally available to you and the tools you already have in your tool chest um and it's a great chair form um it looks it looks feral it it, it looks like it there's there's tension kind of coiled up in it it looks like it's about to spring out the corner at any moment it's it can be a real breath of fresh air so so that that's very exciting well, uh, thank you. Uh, and wh- just one last question is just where, where can everybody find you? Uh, you know, what's your handle? Where can we find you on Instagram, wherever? Okay, so um, www.overthewireless.com is my blog. That's updated uh, normally once a week, occasionally twice a week. Uh, I'm also Over the Wireless on Instagram. I should be on Twitter, but I don't tweet. <laughs> so, um, yes, Over the Wireless on Instagram or uh, overthewireless.com. All right. Well, thanks a lot. We are now outside of the green, uh, Greenwood Barn, and uh, this time we're talking with Lucas Black. All right, Lucas, uh, you're kind of familiar with what's going on here, uh, and uh, uh, we're going to go ahead and get into the five questions with uh, the Modern Woodworking Association uh, questions. And the first question is, how did you get into woodworking? Uh, so my dad's a contractor, so I had some experience from there, and then we had a school shop class, which I'm really, really lucky to have still had. Um, and that got me into wood turning, and then I started doing furniture stuff. Okay, all right. So uh, I don't I, forgive me for being old, but uh, you look young. Uh, what? How old are you? I'm 21. Oh, okay, okay. So how long? How long have you been into this? Uh, probably since grade school. So I don't know, like 10 years ish. Okay, okay. That's awesome. That's great. Um, the next question is, what is your favorite tool? Favorite tool has to be. Um, I have a Wayne Anderson uh, infill smoother. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I, I had been saving up for it for about two years of like summer jobs and stuff. And I finally was able to purchase it. And it was really fun to work with him and everything. Wow. So you got you to gotta tell me what it, what it is. What, I mean, what, what's, the, you know, what's the style? So it's a chariot plane with, um, you know, the nice, he does this gorgeous fluting on the um, buns of it. Okay. And so then so it's boxwood infilled, which is probably Bronze my favorite wood. Bronze or brass sides and steel sole. Okay, that's, great. Yeah. that's awesome. That's a beautiful tool. Um, okay, so then the next question is, who has influenced you the most? Uh, currently, it's probably Peter Galbert. He's really local to me, so it's been a lot of fun to kind of sit around with him and see him work and see what it's like to actually be a professional woodworker, <laughs> which is something I'll probably never get to do. Okay. But that, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, and to have that right available to you is really, really something. Uh, okay, the, the fourth question is, uh, what's been a big stumbling block uh, to your progress, you think? And you think you could have avoided it, or how did you get through it? Uh, it's probably just been the huge gaps in time for going to school and stuff like that. <laughs> you kind of just have to stop. Um, and I don't know that I could have avoided it that much, um, except by doing smaller projects that I can fit in better. So I guess time management would be something I could work on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. I think that affects everyone, whether we're in school or not. Uh, the, the last official question has been, uh, how has the Internet influenced your work? Um, it's really fun to get to meet people. Um, I'm on Instagram, so, you know, it's kind of just cool to see people in real life that you know from Instagram. Um, and there's just so much information available about every kind of woodworking you could ever imagine. So that's been really, really exciting. Okay. All right. Okay. Now the question I've been asking, uh, on top of the, all the official questions that, uh, is it's a two part question. It's what's your jam. So when you're in the shop, uh, a, what is your, what's, what's your, the music or the tunes that you're, that you're listening to and, and, and really help define where, where you're going as well as, uh, when, what is the style or the, the, you know, just the the process, part of the process where you're just sitting there and you're like, this this is what it's all about for me, and this is this is where I'm I'm home. Uh, so I guess music wise, I love listening to the Grateful Dead while I'm working. Um, kind of more upbeat stuff is always fun. Um, and for the rest of it, I I really get a kick out of that. Really, just starting a project and getting that the first setup and laying everything out and going to the lumber yard and. That part of it for me is the really exciting part. And then seeing it all come together. And then there's all the crap in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that goes on for a lot longer than you expect. <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right, that's that's great. Um, the last uh, question, or I guess I w- I'll give, g- give you an opportunity to kind of like reflect on uh, what do you think of the, the whole Handworks event? Uh, what, what have you taken away from it? What's been some highlights? Uh, highlights for me have been just meeting these people that are doing what they love and um there's just so many really cool people here um so that's been really fun uh problems here have been sleeping in a tent (laughs) yeah but it's fun (laughs) um it gave me more money to buy tools. <laughs> <laughs> that, there you go. Yeah. You go. <laughs> All right. And then uh, the last question I have is uh, where where's a good place for people to follow you or get to know more about what's going on with your, your work? Um, I'm on Instagram. My handle is the letter L black and then the number is one zero. <laughs> All right. L black with no underscores, dots or anything like that. Okay. All right. All right. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time and I hope you enjoy the rest of your show. All right. <laughs> Thank you.
So now I'm here uh, in the Greenwood Barn again at Handworks 2017 with uh, Peter Galbert. Uh, and uh, I'm going to just let him introduce himself and kind of what he does, if you don't already know him, from uh, his, his uh, various work. Um, I make chairs, uh, Windsor chairs. You know, the technology is there's a solid seat. And uh, carved, bent, turned, split parts uh, to make furniture. All right. All right. So uh, how did you get into woodworking? Um, I'm trying to think about that. Um, I was always fascinated by it. And I did just a tiniest little bit in uh, seventh grade in school. They let us into the wood shop, and I just I loved it then. And then they didn't let me back in. And I came back in uh, at college to build some things when I was in art school. And I realized how much I had initially loved it when they first let me. Okay. The second question we ask is, what's your favorite tool? Oh, probably the draw knife. Can you elaborate why? It just does. It, it'd be the one tool you would need to do just about anything. It can, it's the one tool that can take you from very, very rough wood to the finished cut and very, very rapidly. And it's very, very flexible. So it's like a sharp thing on a stick, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a sharp thing on two sticks. Okay. <laughs> okay, the next question is, who has influenced you the most? Oh, uh, a, a bunch of people, I guess. I mean, when I first started, I guess I first became aware of Sam Maloof's work, and I really enjoyed his sculptural style. But I wasn't interested in doing all that abrasive work that he was doing and all the sawing. After I after I worked in furniture shops for a while, I got kind of beat up on the, the uh, machines. Um, and then I, I guess it was uh, David Sawyer's work up in Vermont, and I got the pleasure to work with him. Um, I certainly took a lot of influence from uh, Jenny Alexander. You know, that was one of the first books I got on chair making. And that really, that, that all sent me down this, this corridor where then I got to know a little bit more about Brian Boggs and Curtis Buchanan and a bunch of other makers. Okay, that's great. So uh, you mentioned uh, Sam Maloof. Have you ever made uh, like that type of joined uh, chair versus the, the kind of the Windsor style? Um, I did when I was working in furniture shops in New York. Not, not exactly like that, but that's where I, I used machines to make chairs. I have done that before. So, would you say what would you say the the, the major difference between those two kind of uh, uh, polar polar extremes of chairs between Windsor Windsor chair making and that sort of joined chair? Um, well, a lot of it comes down obviously to the equipment and the experience of using the equipment. And the, you know, I did these chairs and I used what I think is an amazing tool, the multi router, which is basically a uh, a moving table in front of a router. It's a huge jig that you know you're able to do mortises and tenons and it was incredible but you know it's more about fiddling with the machine so you got just right and then you just stood there all day and pulled levers like uh you know in a more robotic fashion so the risk was really you know hampered after the very first effort and then the rest of the day you just sort of like mindlessly went about it and chairs are always at risk you know because it's hand tools you can always screw it up and it keeps you very engaged in it the whole way through granted uh, you you have to work harder for the accuracy depending on what you're going for, but then you just work with different types of designs and different expectations, and and uh, it you can get it every bit as the same quality of product, just different experience, and and that's that turned out to be more suited to my temperament. All right, so that kind of leads into the uh, next question: is what's been a uh, what's been a major uh, stumbling block or obstacle that that you've encountered along the way, and could you have avoided it? Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, I could have taken more classes early on. I, I, I learned so much when I did, and I was so primed and ready for it. But for some reason, I've always, I've always been one to hunker down and figure things out and struggle through. 
And looking back, I realized that I probably would have been a lot smarter to let some other people teach me, but I've always been really strangely averse to it. Um, because when I did let them, I got so much out of it. It was great. Yeah, and that was probably my biggest... Yeah, what a dummy. And, then, you know, I've been teaching for years, and I just, I just admire people's bravery at letting somebody else take them from not knowing to knowing because you're at risk in that experience. That's probably why I avoided it. I probably wasn't comfortable with that level of risk. And it's amazing when they do. It's like these are people who are pilots and surgeons and experts in all these fields, and then they come in and they don't know anything, and they, they're in your, your hands. And that's an act of bravery I think is pretty amazing. That's an interesting direction. Uh, the last question officially here is how has the Internet influenced your work? Um, the Internet's been huge for my work. Um, because when I was doing this and nobody was really paying attention and I lived out in the country, there was no way to get the word out um, and no way to connect to a like-minded community. And then all of a sudden I heard of this thing you know, called a blog. And this was after I realized there were forums and I'd read those. And then I heard about blogs and I was like, oh, that sounds cool. So I started one. And that's really when people started being able to get to know what I was doing. And I got to see what some other people were doing. And it all really snowballed. And I have to give a lot of credit, actually, to the internet. I could, I don't, I would have a very different business, and a very different uh, access to people and things if I hadn't had that. That's a good answer. Uh, another question I've been adding on uh, before we kind of get freeform here is, uh, what's, and this is a two-part question. What's your jam? So it's uh, the one. One is uh, when you're in the shop. What's the music that's playing, or or, or podcast you're listening to, whatever the whatever it is that sounds uh, of your workshop. And then the second part of that is like, what is it that when you're in the groove, you feel like this is this is what it's all about. This is this is this is why I'm in woodworking or or, or you know the sculptural form. Um, I listen to. It depends on my mood. I do a lot of uh, Spanish on tape these days. I'm trying to learn Spanish, so I spend a lot of time listening to Spanish and repeating it out loud in the shop. That's most of what I do these days. Otherwise, I go all over the map. I'll listen to opera one day and rap the next, and I'm just all over. Last summer, I was, like everyone else, obsessed with the Hamilton soundtrack. Yeah, I just couldn't stop. I was like, this is amazing. Um, and so that, that was a lot of fun. But these days, I mainly just I enjoy the sort of rhythm of letting my brain learn while my body does. So the Spanish is really fun. I find that to be amazing because it's almost subconscious. I find myself an- answering the translations without thinking because I'm thinking about what's in front of my eyeballs and that's so it's interesting to split your brain up so I've been doing that a lot lately interesting for us to learn oh just the part two of it was uh, just about every part of it makes me feel that way when I'm doing it you know there's very few parts where I'm not like oh this is so cool after many many chairs you're still feeling every part of it is pretty darn exciting yeah yeah um, so uh, another freeform question is, what's going on? What do you think about Handworks? Uh, I think this is your second time being here. Um, what, what, what's been your experience? Uh, you know, what would you tell people about it? And you know, what's you 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 have to go. This this is the only show I'm going to this year, and I don't think I I haven't done any shows except this in the last two years, and it's just it's just such a special gathering of amazing talented people. You just, I couldn't imagine missing it. Like. I, I would put the halts on. I was teasing my friend Tim because his sister's getting married, so he couldn't come, and I thought that was the lamest excuse. <laughs> because it is this this is a brilliant thing. This does not always happen, and, and there's so many friends here from so many years back that it's just such an amazing gathering. But if you're into this kind of thing, I, I can't. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, pretty special. Uh, okay, so last I guess last question, or, or you know something you think we should know, uh, but also uh, you know how can people find out more about you or uh, or you know find out what's going on. Um, 
my website's terrible, really. It's the blog that says the most about me. There's lots, there's years and years of, of effort in there. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, Google me, you'll figure it out. Uh, luckily, I'm the only person in the world with my name, so that kind of helps. You know, if there was another Peter Galbert who folded shirts, you'd probably see more about him. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I'd say the book that I wrote is the thing. That's, that's, I put a lot into that. And if you really want to get to know me, that's where you're going to find the information. All right, and uh, one last uh, one last question, I guess. Just sneak one in. Uh, what any any upcoming things we should be looking from for you in the in the future? Yeah, I'm I'm starting a little uh, a small school. Hopefully, I think in Southern Maine, I'm still scouting locations. But uh, I've been I've taught for many many years out of my own shop and around the country, and now I want to create a facility and bring the people to me so that I can provide the experience I want them to have. Because as much as I love all the schools I've taught at with amazing people and great places. Um, there's a certain type of experience I want to provide, you know, and I've always wanted to. And, and I've been able to in many places, but the traveling starts to wear you down. I'm not getting younger, so I, I want to create a, a single place where I can make that happen. Well, thanks, Peter, and I really appreciated uh, this time, and I'm sure uh, all the other listeners will as well. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Now I'm out standing outside the Festale Barn uh, with, uh, who am I talking with here? Ryan Saunders from uh, the U.K., all right, Ryan. Um, so we're asking a few questions here with the uh, Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. Uh, the first question uh, of our normal five questions is, how did you get into woodworking? Um, I kind of, it was a series of strange events, actually. I'd um, I done DT in school. Um, DT? Uh, yes. Design tech, so kind of a shop class. Okay. Um, and uh, I thought I knew everything about how to make a guitar. I knew nothing. I, I started making it. I bolted a neck on from an old Fender, and that was as far as I got. Um, and that kind of led one thing to another. I met a guy that made guitars over in the U.S., made a guitar with him, and just kind of fell in love with woodworking. Um, and then they all kind of developed and went down a rabbit hole, and I haven't climbed out since. Okay. All right. So the, the next question is, uh, what's your favorite tool? Um, that, that's really hard. I mean, at the moment, I got a, a Lee Nielsen number eight a while back, and okay. the difference that makes in you know a prepping number because I, I do most stuff by hand, so that was just like a phenomenal difference, and it, it's such a gorgeous tool. Strangely, I think my, my favorite tool is one that I haven't got, um, and I, I've wanted one for so long now. I use it every show just to have fun, um, and it's a number three Lee Nielsen bronze smoother with um, the fifty-five degree frog because uh, okay. it's just such a sweet tool, but one day when i've saved up okay also just preface like the modern woodworkers association they're like it's not all just hand working to say hand tool. No. so you can you, if you want to say a pl- joiner planer that's fine too okay. <laughs> but that's that's cool okay so the next question is uh who has influenced your work the most um it, it's kind of strange actually i before i even knew who he was i was being influenced by chris schwartz and i know like so many guys would say the same thing but it was it was strange a while back i was bought a book um and it was a book that was written by ivan sickles it was a, a new york uh, woodworking school kind of textbook and he'd done a, re- a popular woodwork and done a reprint and he'd done a dvd and i was reading the book and um, reading his kind of like annotations and stuff that he made and then got the dvd and watching it had no idea who the guy was at the first um but i'd read articles and stuff i was already getting the magazine but i didn't wasn't really in the in the loop with who people were um and the whole time i'm thinking i really like this guy i like the way he does stuff i'm thinking the same kind of along the same lines and then I sort of started connecting the dots and realized how significant he was with what I was doing. And, you know, it's just gone from there. So. All right. All right. So the third question is, uh, or sorry, the fourth question here. What was your biggest stumbling block and could it have been avoided? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, it, uh, probably, again, it's another one of them things that's probably you hear from a lot of people. And that's that I was, I was buying cheap tools 
and I was trying to do the work that I thought I could do with cheaper tools and trying to get by. That was one major factor. And, you know, the moment, like I say, I've, I've got Lee Nielsen number eight recently and the difference that makes is just phenomenal. Um, so that made a big difference, but also, um, just making sure I spend time doing stuff. And, you know, the amount of times I thought, Oh, I've watched enough videos of doing that. I've, I've read enough books of doing that. I can do that now. No, you can't. You need, you need to practice. You need to put in the time and you do and you, you gain the amount of time you put in. You get that back tenfold. So it's always worth just putting in time right absolutely that's a really good answer uh and then the the final question here on the uh, official script here is how has the internet influenced your work um if it wasn't for the internet i don't think i'd be doing what i am doing i mean i, I first found out about woodworking through um like i said doing dt and stuff like that in school um but i i stumbled across uh, mark spagnolo's podcast when he was doing the wood and really i mean i actually i saw the first one before he'd even released the second um and i've been watching that ever since so if it wasn't for the internet i wouldn't have kind of got into that and that's really where everything's developed from them kind of areas youtube's made a massive difference for me um and currently instagram is just you know there's nothing like it it's just awesome the community you get from it is incredible so not only has it given me something to um that is made me expand to my knowledge on everything um it's also given me the community that we all have now and i know everyone says about the community but until you're part of it you don't realize how awesome it is to be a part, a part of all that kind of stuff so it's, it is everything and obviously you know don't get me wrong um someone said the other day about oh we don't need books these days for woodworking you can just find everything out on the internet that's not true you know books dvds the internet everything is just as valuable as everything else but they're all key parts in the modern you know woodworking so all right, excellent. So a uh, question I've been adding to, to the list of this, uh, it's uh, it's something I'm always curious about with people working in their shops is, it's kind of a two-part question is, is what's your jam? So like, you know, what's the music you play in your in your, in your your workshop when you're working or, you know, maybe you don't listen to music, whatever the question is. But then also like, what's your what's your jam when it comes to, uh, you know, work? Is it, is it Luthery, whatever, you know, what's what's the what's the style, whatever that you're you're into? Um, funny enough, and this is kind of a, probably a strange answer for an English guy, but I listen to so much country music. Um, that's just basically all I have on. I just go on Spotify and just put it on um, shuffle and everything, and that's that's Johnny basically Cash what it is. Or like old, or new music everything, or like, new, old, anything. And but then again, you know, I, I'm I'm a guitarist. I've been in bands. I used to play in a really heavy band back in the day, and uh, I'll listen to pretty much anything. But when I'm in the workshop, it's pretty much just country music. Country music. Um, so that's that's my main thing. Um, and actually. I guess my my so when I'm when I'm just kind of flowing and just doing stuff and I really enjoy it it's when I'm deep in something and it's just I'm sort of so focused that I'm not focusing on it I'm just doing it it's natural it's second nature and I I love it when when I realize I'm in that sort of moment I love that sort of time because I'm so productive and I'm doing stuff that I love and but I'm getting stuff done it's just so cool it's such a good nice way to feel knowing that I'm doing what I love I'm effectively getting paid to do it and you know can't complain with that so yeah, that's great. So uh, that that's all the questions I have. But I, I know uh, you came from a little bit farther away than most of the attendees here, probably. <laughs> I drove about three or four hours, but uh, you came a lot farther. Uh, so uh, can you tell me what you're here for, or what you're what what else you're kind of promoting, as well as like where people can follow you? And uh, we'll wrap this up. So I'm mostly I'm just here for myself. I you know, I know it sounds kind of crazy, but I came to enjoy the event myself. Everyone always says about how such, such a good event it is, and I knew that I wanted to kind of enjoy that myself as well. Um, but I do a little bit of rep work for uh, Classic Handles in the UK, um, and they put on a show, um, European Woodworking Show, or EWS, um, which is in September this year. Um, so I kind of came over to promote that a bit and speak to some of the vendors and see if they are interested in coming over. Not yeah, There's already a bunch of guys that already are, so it's just good to catch up with them and see if they wanted to ask me any questions about the show as well. Um, so it's just a bit of a joint venture to 
enjoy it, promote some stuff and have fun and meet the people that I've been speaking to for so long on Instagram, but never actually <laughs> right. put a face to a name. <laughs> Same here. And yeah, exactly. So uh, it's kind of everything. It's just one big, awesome experience. So um, there's obviously some businessy bits that I'm doing while I'm here. And I've, I've got some friends over in New England, so I'm kind of hanging with them when they're after the show as well. Excellent. But um, it was just a great opportunity to come over and enjoy Enjoy what you've got to offer over here. Okay, so where where can everybody find you on uh, Instagram or wherever? Uh, you can find me on Instagram on rjsww um, or uh, classic handles. Um, I believe is classic handles um, on Instagram, um, and uh, they, we also do a blog. I've been writing a blog for them guys now, um, which is chtblog.com. Um, and there's not loads of content up there yet, but it's uh, we're growing, so it'll be good to right. get some feedback. All right, it's great. It's been great. Been talking with you. Talk to you later. Cheers. Bye.